Good morning, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael Mullis, president of a company called Mortgage Teacher. And that's exactly what we're going to do on today's program. You know, with the good weather and the spring kind of warming things up, a lot of people are getting out and getting work done around the house. And that's what we're going to talk about, kind of what's trending the most London and surrounding area. And what's going on, you know, is the real estate market slowing down? What's going on with these mortgage rates? You know, the rates seem to keep going up. <clears throat> and and how does that make us feel? Like, how are we using this? Or to some even say, it seems like, I was talking to some brokers, and it seems like we're forcing people into a variable rate mortgage uh, by an accident. But let me explain that in today's show. So what's been going on as, as far as the market? We have seen rates go up to fight the inflation. Of course, if you're living in a house or you bought a house, you know, three to five years ago, you're probably watching your neighbor sell and going, wow, what is my house worth nowadays? So we have all, I guess, earned equity. We've all raised the value of our home. And, you know, now we're maybe sitting on a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars. And what can you do with that? Can you use that to get ahead? Can you maybe uh, use that equity to borrow to invest? I've seen a lot of people doing that lately, your opportunity to invest. We've had many people come in, see if they can use that equity to purchase yet another home that is maybe a rental, maybe a tax deduction, uh, maybe like a cottage now. Things have changed. So now you can buy that cottage at a younger age, perhaps. And then thanks to Airbnb as such and Verbo and places that allow you to rent it out, you can bring in income. Uh, you know, earlier in, in your career, instead of waiting to get that cottage, you know, when you can afford it and your house is paid off, some people are kind of pursuing that plan a little bit earlier. So that could be you too. I would say the biggest thing that most people are probably taking a look at some of that equity is maybe to freshen up the home um, before, you know, lumber and things get too expensive. We see a lot of people, you know, maybe adding a deck to the place. We have some a lot of people that maybe love their home, the location, but they need that added room. And instead of, you know, selling and buying, I'm shocked of how many people are actually putting additions on their house and a lot of work around the house that way. So there's a lot of London and surrounding area being very wise on how they're using this newfound equity. So back to the case of creating the tax deduction in case that caught your ear. Um, do you have a financial planner you work with? And we talked about this on the last program. Do you have an accountant that you work with that takes care of your stuff? Well, this is where we can shine. Because say you have, you know, I'll give you a good example of what we did this week. Somebody has a home worth about $800,000. Okay, you can refinance that up to 80%. Now, if you only owe about 150000 you definitely have a couple hundred thousand equity in that house. Now, the question is, how do you access it? How cheap is it? And then more importantly, to your financial planner, where could you put this money to earn some income? Now, this is great because, you know, you're, you're leveraging your, your assets that way. Now, some could say that's dangerous. Well, true, but it depends on your investment because what is new and many people don't know about is it creates a tax deduction. So in Canada, if you borrow to invest, you get to write off the interest. So I do have quite a bit of people in here that, you know, their T4s are getting a little high. Their accountant is looking for tax deductions to help lower the amount of tax paid. Because let's be honest, we're going to have to pay more tax. 
as uh, we see the debt that we have to fight. So this is the approach that a lot of people are doing, expanding their real estate portfolio. Maybe they're investing in something else. We've had, you know, not so much lately, but in the last few years, people take equity out for possible Bitcoin investment. Maybe that's something you're looking for in the future. We've had some to, you know, invest in gold and silver. That is up to you on what you're going to invest in. That is not up to us, but we can help set up the mortgage. So this is how it would look. <clears throat> you know, you have a $800,000 home. Here's 150000 Okay, this is non-tax deductible. This is my mortgage that I'm paying off. But here's 200000 I used to invest. That would be a separate statement. You could give your accountant, and that would be the tax deduction side. Of course, so now you have your money working for you at the same time, your equity even working for you. And what's better yet, you're getting a tax deduction to help you out. So this is some of the approach that many are taking if you want to borrow to invest. So if, like I said, if your neighbors have gone up in value, your house has gone up a whole lot in value, you can maybe get access to that equity. Now, when are you going to do this? Well, it's always best if you're up for renewal. Because that's when you don't have any penalty to take a look around. So that's what you want to consider, folks. Now, what are others using it for? Buying that second property. Instead of just giving the money to your planner, maybe you have a reason to get a second home. Maybe it's to help your parents with another home. Maybe it is the cottage to have the, you know, to get away with the family. Maybe, you know, you need to buy a house in the city of Guelph because your kids are going to university there. And you want to buy a rental setup instead of them renting, you buy the rental property and have your, you know, your, your child and your student, of course, rent out that place. Yet again, creating a tax deduction and possible income with the rental if the students take care of the place, of course. <laughs> so this is what a lot of people are looking into, the second home product or, you know, purchasing a rental property. So it's the same as the investment. We sit down and we figure out, okay, if you're going to buy a place for you know, $600,000. I don't know if you can find one for that price, but if you can find one, you do need at least 20% down plus your closing costs. So we create all of this from the equity of your current home. And like I just said, create a second statement. So it's pretty easy for your bookkeeper and your accountant. This is non-tax deductible. This is for the rental property. This is fully tax deductible because now I had a client that tried to save up all their money. Say they saved up $150,000. Congratulations. And they wanted to use that as a down payment to buy a rental. But whoa, 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 why? Because now that money is not tax deductible. So my suggestion is take that $120,000, put it down on your current home, knock your bad debt. So the example we were just using, if you had a $150,000 mortgage, put the hundred and twenty down on that. Now you only owe 30000 in a mortgage, but then you re-advance it yet again so you have a statement for it and you borrow to invest. So now on this rental property, you are not only writing off the entire down payment, but you're also writing off the mortgage written. So now the rental property is 100% leveraged and 100% tax deductible. So that's kind of how you want to look at one of these possible rental properties. As far as the cottage, well, talk to your accountant. Perhaps you, you know, rent the cottage out maybe three to six times in the summer and you bring in that income, claim that income, write off the, the expenses, 
Now you have yourself a rental property that way, short-term rental. So these are the strategies some people are taking, uh, whether it's a cottage quite a ways up north, whether it's around, you know, within an hour radius, of course, Lake Huron, along, uh, you know, Grand Bend and up to Bayfield, even Godridge, or whether it's Lake Erie. You know, we've got Port Stanley, Port Burwell, you know, Port Dover right out there. So these are the type of calls we're getting here at the office on how you could use the equity to get ahead this summer. And of course, the ultimate one, renovations. Oh, wow. Time went by fast. In case you're just tuning in, my name is Michael Mullis, president of a company called Mortgage Teacher. And that's exactly what we're doing, just teaching you different things, how to use your mortgage. Uh, let's jump to a news break and we'll be back right after this. Again, you can look us up at mortgageteacher.com. Well, welcome back. Here we go again. That's a classic song, actually. My name is Michael Mullis, president of Mortgage Teacher, and that's what we're talking about on today's program. Just kind of what's trending in the London and surrounding area. We hear a lot of people talking about, you know, our homes have gone up in value. How can we maybe use that equity to get ahead? A lot of people are looking into plans about getting that second property and maybe a tax deduction, you know. How could I possibly buy a cottage and create that into a tax deduction to help out my income. These are the strategies that we're kind of putting in place. Now, one thing that's very popular is freshening up your home. I mentioned it earlier in the program. And if you want to look up, you know, models like this or examples or even reviews, please search the word mortgage teacher. Read the reviews, uh, you know, on how we're helping out London and surrounding area with developing this plan. And like I've said it on the show before, we work with your financial planner. We work with your accountant. We work with your bank. Like I've mentioned it before, it doesn't matter what bank you're dealing with. We deal with that same bank. Help create a plan, put it together for you, and there you go. You're you're off to the races, per se. So one thing that we're using this equity for, you know, say your house, you bought it for 300, you feel it's worth six or seven now, is freshening up the home. Maybe you're outgrowing your house and some people are Oh, I don't really want to move out of town. I love the location. Well, there's a lot of people using the equity in their house to upgrade the home. Maybe it's new windows in the house, new furnace, new roof, finishing the basement. These are all things that add value to the home. So instead of using your hard, you know, taxed, hard working money, we get to use the equity of the home, the the money that's, I guess, fiat currency, the, the, the your home has gone up in value. Now you have money there. Let's use that to upgrade the home. That's what a lot of people are now are, are taking that strategy to do. Now, when you do this, though, you want to be weary on when you're doing it. Because a lot of us go back to the bank and say, well, I'll just get a line of credit. Folks, that's the easiest answer, but not the best. Of course, the bank's going to sell you a nice handy line of credit attached to your house because that's going to be prime plus, And prime today is at 3.2. So if you're getting it, you know, prime plus one, you're at 4.2% compounded monthly. So a lot of people end up calling into my office about, mm, I don't know, two years into the mortgage saying, I just can't get rid of this line of credit. So it can get you money easy, but the line of credit can also get you stuck in what we call the money treadmill, that you're just constantly paying off the interest and not seeing that balance come down. So Please feel free to give us a shout. We'll go over that. You know, the line of credit is an option for short term. You don't want to get into too large. I do have some even baby boomers coming in and they only owe about 40000 on the mortgage. Oh, 
fantastic. That's great. You know, almost paid off. But they might owe 120000 on a line of credit. Well, folks, hate to bust your bubble, but that, according to your lawyer, is still just a mortgage written in a different formula. You know, instead of having it in a mortgage rate, you're having it in a line of credit rate, which is quite a bit higher. So please be careful on the almighty all-in-one against your house. I know it's sold like a convenience, but it does promote consumer spending, which is not something that we're a fan of here. We want to get rid of that high interest debt and pay the least amount of interest possible. Now, I mentioned something earlier in the show, and it was kind of along the lines of, are we feeling forced into a variable rate mortgage? And here's what I want to talk about and take a bit of time on this. Because what has happened is we always talk about interest rates going up. But what rates are the media talking about? I've mentioned that on this show before. Meaning, is it the fixed rates going up? Is it the overnight rate, prime rate of variable? So your variables going up. Or, this is a new one since 2016. Is the stress test going up? So look at all these different interest rates we have to talk about. That's why I'm weary on a news article that says rates are going up because you've really got to read through the article. But there was a stress test put in place. So a lot of us may not know about this, but if you're a first-time homebuyer in the last five years, you definitely know about it. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time homebuyer. Any Canadian, when getting a mortgage, has to qualify at 5%. Now let's go back in time a little bit. Back in 2016, when they implemented this, rates were probably 3.5 or 3.7 mark. Coincidentally, much lower than they are today. And the interest rate, say I pre-approve someone to go house shopping. So you take their income, you know, measure it up against the house they want and say, okay, go ahead, couple. You can go ahead and buy a house for $400,000. And back then they could find one. Now, lo and behold, they were looking around at a place, you know, 3.79% was the rate they were holding on to. But then January 1st, the stress test kicked in and I had to take that same income of this couple and put it up against 5.25%. So I remember calling this couple and saying, I'm sorry, you can't go buy for 400 now. You are only allowed to buy for 320,000. That's exactly what this stress test did. It made sure us Canadians can afford a higher interest rate. Now, Here's how the stress test was written. And many of you may, you know, this may sound familiar. Oh, I remember remember having to qualify at 5%. Now, what's going on now is the way the stress test was actually written, it was your rate, the rate you're getting quoted, plus 2 or 5.25%, whatever is higher. Now, the issue is the rates have always been in the 2s and 3s in the last couple of years. Therefore, our stress test rate is always 5.25%. But with fixed rates now suddenly going to about 4.5%, yeah, you heard me right, five-year fixed is at about 5, 4.5%, somewhere, give or take. So if it's your rate plus two, my gosh, the stress test rate for anyone to get a mortgage, if you want a fixed mortgage, you have to qualify at 6.5%. My gosh. So now it's the same theory as back in 2016. Say I have you pre-approved to go buy for 600000 Now you might only be able to get 500000 or five twenty, because if you want a fixed rate, you have to do the, the, rate, the stress test plus two. 
So you might be getting a rate of, you know, four and a half, but you have to qualify at six and a half. This is getting tough on people, especially if you got first time home buyers, a young couple, um, you know, their job, they're an apprentice through their trade. Maybe they're going through a school professor and they keep landing contracts, but they don't have the full-time job, but they're contract to contract. Same as even our healthcare. Sometimes it's contract to contract. So we have a young couple here, future professionals, but they just can't get into a house because their parents taught them to take a fixed rate, which is true, and secure it, but now they can't afford to get into a place because of this stress test. So of course, what we're seeing is many, many co-signers, brothers, sisters, parents, let's go on and co-sign for five years to help you get into the place, use our income, hopefully, and help you get into the place for a five-year run. This is what we're seeing trending because of the stress test. Now, if you take a variable rate mortgage, prime is at 3.2, you can get rates of, you know, prime minus, let's say a half. So that would leave you at a net rate of 2.7. Now, 2.7 plus two, you are still under the 525. And this is like I said earlier in the show, do we seem forced into a variable. So if you're a young couple trying to buy your first home or even a couple trying to buy your second home, this is limiting to us because now some of us advisors feel like, well, if you want to go buy this house for 800, you have to take the variable or else you can only buy for 700 if you want the fixed. Mm-hmm. This is the position we're in folks. So if you're getting confused with the mortgages and how we qualify, I totally understand You know, these things just pop up on us in a sudden week. When the rates went up last two weeks, this is the position we're in. My name is Michael Mullis, always trying to keep London and surrounding area up to date with what's going on with the mortgage rates. Again, as always, look us up at mortgageteacher.com. Read the reviews. Look up our social media, see how we're keeping up. And of course, if you ever want to call us, feel free to dial in 226-289. Two nine nine one. I am Michael Mullis signing off. Hopefully you're getting around to golfing. Enjoy the weather, folks. Take care.